Good afternoon, Pope Michael. How are you doing? Doing good. And yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Everybody has been sending me message after message telling me how much they enjoyed our, our last interview and they wanted me to bring you back on. So today we're going to be going a little bit into sedevacantism and why sedevacantism isn't a tenable position because that's something that we both can we both can agree on. So I, I figured we we do something like that. So uh, first, I'd like you to uh, introduce yourself to everybody so they uh, they have an idea of who you are, uh, what what you do, and, and such like that. Okay, my name is David Bodden originally, born in September of 1959 baptized as a Catholic, grew up during what they called the changes when things were shifting, you know, first translating into English. Some of the translations were rather poor. And then, of course, eventually the institution of the Novus Ordo over what, 52 years ago now, just about. In any case, <clears throat> shortly after the Novus Ordo came in, my family left because of the uh, thing Catholic. And that's why those who left in the early 70s, we left in November of 72, they left not because of the Novus Ordo as much as because of what was coming from the pulpit and the sermons, which was outright heretical. Once we left the Novus Ordo, though, we realized, hold it. They made some radical changes here. So I grew up with that and 1989, worked with a friend to write a book, Will the Catholic Church Survive the 20th Century? And we published that in January of 1990, calling for a papal election on July 16, 1990. And a few, very few people showed up. Many made excuses like, I bought a farm time. Proceed, so we proceeded with the election and I was elected as Pope that day okay so uh before before we continue i forgot to i forgot to uh, say this but everybody that's watching this episode was brought to you by fluent greek so i know all of you out there you need some help on your greek so go to fluentgreeknt.com and use the code militant to get 20 percent off and then also um we will be taking q a at the end i'll be taking some questions i can't promise i'll get to all of them but if you want me to get to your question, then you can send a super chat now that we're we're over a thousand subscribers. And then also uh, patreon.com slash militantomist if you'd like to help the show out. There's additional resources, uh, PDFs to books that I print and and stuff like that. So now let's get into um, a bit of the set of a contest movement itself and some of the history behind that. Because I, I understand that you, you have been... Uh, involved with a lot of the major figures of the set of a contest movement. So will you get into, uh, will you please get into a bit of the history behind that? Well, basically we uh, left the Novus Ordo and everyone was in essence a sedeva because how can a Pope give us these doctrines that are coming from the pulpit? Because it all goes right up to the Pope. We've traced it up. You look at Vatican II, you find heresy. He can't be Pope. Is that, this was a conclusion people reached in the early 70s. It didn't really get a name until about 1980, when there was a controversy in the Society of St. Pius X. Uh, they held up a, an ordination because of a man's 
Sadie Vacanta's position, but they did eventually ordain him. There was a lot of discussion between Lefebvre and several of his priests, like uh, Father Sadie Vacantism. Uh, and then it proceeds forward uh, in time, but we should go back to um, Father Joaquin Mish. It was never translated, and that was in the early 70s. In fact, Father Sains, Cremona, and Zamora visited with Archbishop Lefebvre in May of 1976 to talk to him about electing a pope, because these kind of went hand in hand. You think, if you have no pope, then you need to get one. Sative Vacantism is a temporary thing. For instance, the whole world, when a pope dies, becomes Sative Vacantis until one is elected. And the idea is to elect a pope as soon as possible. And this is the main reason why Sative Vacantism is wrong. It comes forward with the papal election idea. If you look at uh, Bishop Took's declaration, okay. At the end, he says, therefore, insofar as I am a bishop of the Roman Catholic Church, I judge that the see of the Catholic Church in Rome to be vacant, and it is necessary for me as bishop to do all that is needed so that the Catholic Church in Rome endures for the salvation of souls. Consecrated bishops in 1981. What's interesting, in fact, I did a search on this just before we came on, I looked up the Took Declaration, there's something missing and one who's posted it. He has about eight or nine footnotes, you know, the things that he used to reach the conclusion. And the final one is Unum Sanctum, where it says it's absolutely necessary for salvation to be subject to the Roman pontiff. So the idea behind the Took Bishop is not Satanicantism, although that's where they were at at the time. It was to end the Satanicanti. And that kind of dropped away in about 1984, when the two first two American took bishops, Musi and Vesalis, got into a controversy. I don't know anything really about it, but they split up, and any idea of electing a pope died amongst Sadie Vacantis until a few years ago. Novus Ordo Watch, are you familiar with that? Yes. Okay. They have put up a web. Pray for it on their Novus Order Watch website. So they're praying for a pope, but nobody really is working to elect a pope. Rather, they'd just as soon be their own little popes of their own little dominion. Mm -hmm. So your your uh, your experience within the within the movement has been that in the beginning it started out with a certain idea of appointing a successor. And then modern set of occultism is really an aberration of that movement where they've moved away from the original vision that they had established. Is right. that accurate? That's correct. Okay. And there's really, with the exception of a Bishop's Quetino, I think he's in Cuba. He's the only one discussing even electing a Pope. I've tried to make contact and been unsuccessful, but your Sadievacontists, in fact, they're not even united. One of the marks of the church is unity. And 
they aren't working together. Mm-hmm. When Bishop Sanborn uh, consecrated Bishop Selway, I don't know that they invited Bishop Pivarunas, who is a saint of Pocantus. I think he should have at least been present there, and they should be working together, but they're not. They're all doing their own thing. I uh, go down to Phoenix where I've got friends occasionally, and several groups have uh, chapels there, including at least two Sadebacontas, maybe three. So they're fighting over Phoenix when they should be working together to elect a pope, because without a pope, they have no authority to function as bishops. And their priests have no authority because they can't be. And how would you how would you respond to the because I can I, I understand I understand the argument that um, that the necessity of the Roman pontiff, but how would you respond to the argument coming from from set of accountists that that uh, other groups also have that problem. For example, um, you you had that problem before your election to the papacy, where your uh, where where the uh, the groups in which you were part of were functioning without a Roman pontiff for a few decades. So why right. can't we just extend that a little bit longer to to today? Because we shouldn't have been fo- functioning in that manner in the first place. Mm-hmm. It uh, what happened is. People started leaving the Novus Oro, and so did priests. And they found each other and just started ministry without going into detail. What should we be doing? How should we? Group. And, of course, you had Archbishop Lefebvre with his society. But some stayed with him and some went the other direction when took started consecrating bishops and they consecrate more bishops uh, as someone I think is yeah Bishop Dolan said uh, the traditionalist movement cannot exist without they call sacramental bishops so priests and bishops in the traditions are mere sacrament machines because they don't have any authority and they don't even claim to have ordinary authority in the church but what they call uh, what delegated, you know, because of common error. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they circulated Can 209 in the early days to justify themselves. People had, oh, common error. Well, there's error and it sure is common. <laughs> and that's how they reached the conclusion, which is a false conclusion. I picked up a dissertation. On that, it doesn't mean what we thought it meant. So they don't really have any authority to function in the church. That's what a pope is needed for. And oh, as soon as they realize this. So how would you how would you respond to um, the set of a contest who would say, okay, well, having having the chair of Peter is is necessary in an ordinary situation. But obviously, we're in a very extraordinary situation since uh, since Rome has has fallen and uh, and heresy has entered in. Um, so, how would how would you uh, respond to that objection that we're in an extraordinary situation right now? We don't really need need a pope because of this extraordinary situation. Because you need a 
Pope to supply the authority. And in fact, we've got requests for the consecration of Russia since the Ukraine and Russian situation. It's supposed to be the Pope in union with all the bishops of the world. Bishop is somewhat misunderstood because there's the order of bishop and then there's the office of bishop. If you look up the word bishop in uh, bishop and priesthood in the Bible, it's always the office, the office of bishop, which would be your diocesan bishops. Well, your sative conscious bishops can't you know, perform the consecration of Russia because they have no authority. Of course, they have no one to be unified under. And uh, what is it? The Catechism of the Council of Trent quotes one of the fathers of the church, says that a visible head is necessary for the Catholic Church. Are there are there any other um, resources that you found which have spoken to this necessity of the Roman pontiff? Uh, I'm sure I have. I'll probably put them in my books. I'd have to look everything up again. <laughs> but it's quite simple. Whenever the church has a vacancy, it has election. Yeah, two of the councils, I think. One of the Council of Leon and the other one, both say it in the declaration. The church has always worked on the presumption we need to have a pope. Normally, if you have a vacancy in an office that's elected, it's like three months till election. In the papal mm-hmm. election, it's they might assemble. At one time, I think they assembled as fast as 11, 12 days, according to the law. And other times when they... thought that around the dying pope, as soon as he died, they went over to the chapel and elected a pope right quick because they were afraid mm-hmm. someone else was going to try and usurp. In fact, they elected in the second and what is, can't remember. And they elected in the second and had to leave Rome before the group supporting the anti-pope could come and Taken to possibly murder the Pope. So the church always works fast to elect a Pope. Okay, so what would what would your response to the objection like, okay, I, I understand this this necessity, um, but they they would deny all of the current claimants to to the papacy. So yeah, it might be necessary, but we just don't have it right now. And uh, there's nothing really we can do about it, so we're just gonna keep doing what we do. Well, if they can't figure it out, the church has never waited for miracles when it has a means of taking care of itself. It's a matter of uh, the natural law as a perfect society. The church always has the ability to uh, fill a vacant papacy. And if the uh, ones who should fill it fail, then it devolves eventually to the universal church in some manner, to elect a pope. You mentioned a bit about uh, natural law arguments. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, expand on that a bit of the church being a perfect society, uh, fulfilling what is good? Okay, a perfect society is an organization that has all the means 
to take care of itself. Uh, theologians consider that the church is a perfect society and the state is also a perfect society. So in the United States here, let us say uh, all the uh, got killed at once. You know, they dropped a bomb on the State of the Union address. I think they did a show off of that. Okay, they're all wiped out. Well, Congress, whoever's left could get together, hold an election, and elect the president. Okay. So um so in a in a similar way, when we're talking about the church as a perfect society, in order for the church to actually be uh, a perfect society and therefore the church, they would need to have the faculties to elect the papacy. Is that the is that the argument? Right. To elect a, they have the faculties in some manner to elect a pope. And several have considered this, like Cajetan, Bellerman. Uh, there's a book, The Church of the Word Incarnate by uh, Journey, which goes into this and part of it. And part of uh, Bellerman is now in reprint in English. So you can look it up there. Yeah, I think I have... Where is it? I used to have it on my desk. Actually, I have yeah. Cardinal Cardinal Bellarmine's book on the on the papacy against yes. the against the Protestants. So, are there any other uh, theologians that you can think of that have talked about a sort of uh, set of a Kantism like situation, or a situation in which there's a very long vacancy, or that Rome has fallen into error? Can you think of any any theologians that talk about it? What they've said? Oh, well, basically, the conclusion is. A pope cannot, or a heretic can't become pope. And that's based upon the uh, uh, document uh, Cum Ex Apostle Official by Pope Paul IV. Document is infallible on its own. However, ran across the Society of St. Pius X article on uh, infallibility, where they quote something from a theologian at the First Vatican Council, because the discussion came up during the council, and the conclusion he reached is that the principle that a heretic cannot become a pope or even take any office in the church is part of the ordinary magisterium of the church. So therefore, it's infallible on that basis. So anytime that's come up, uh, that's been the answer. The problem is... Uh, those who are against Sativacontism take things out of context, saying we say that a pope became a heretic, which there there is a controversy over that one. Uh, Bellerman's on one side. Uh, I forget who's on the other side, but you could do research in it, which is why we determined in the pre-election book that Angelo Rincoli, the second anti-pope John 23rd history, and... Giovanni Battisti Montini, Paul VI, were heretics prior to their apparent elections. Therefore, they could not be elected. Okay, so um, I had a I had another question. I just <laughs> it just I know it just went out of my brain. Yeah. So we're oh yeah I remember. 
Uh, where do you see the the future of the set of a contest movement? Do you do you see it continuing in its current state? Because it seems like they can't they can't really survive with all of these independent uh, independent priests going here and there, and then um, angry online podcasts and stuff like that. That doesn't seem like a very tenable sort of system for perpetual continuity. Where do you where do you see them going? Basically, they're going nowhere, and people. one else to go to if they want to go to mass or else they become what are called home aloners in other words they just go and pray at home because the traditionalist movement has no authority to do what's doing and really shouldn't be doing it so we shouldn't be participating but yeah i see sative contism going nowhere until uh i fear the antichrist may be coming soon and I fear that many traditionalists will accept the Antichrist. So what how would you respond to respond to the argument that you're when, when it comes to your priestly and episcopal election, that that came from uh, bishops that were a, a bishop that was um, within without this uh, jurisdictional authority. So how, how would you respond to to that one? Uh, you kind of yeah these bishops had no papal mandate to consecrate other bishops and so i can see the argument for bishop took consecrating a couple of bishops because of his advanced age not really wanting to be sure there would be a bishop but they shouldn't have functioned as bishops but rather assembled the church in some manner to hold a papal election, which they failed to do. Okay. So I'm, do you have anything, do you have anything else you would like to uh, say about the set of a contest movement? And I think I'll get into questions here soon. Uh, I think that's about all we need to cover there. It's really quite simple. Set of a Conte's end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, it, People, people were talking about in the chat, but it it doesn't make sense to to me that if if I were to assent that uh, there was a vacancy in the papacy, that I wouldn't work towards uh, a solution to that, and um, it it's it seems kind of silly that they're 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 just having all these little independent groups and not trying to to build back what uh, what was lost. Right. Yeah, they they keep splintering. I mean, together, I'd have to sit down and start making a list. It's easier to make a list of the uh, bishops that are working together. Sanborn and Dolan. That's the only ones I know of. Okay, so we have a question here. Um, when will His Holiness consecrate Russia? Are you think I, I I did see that you were posting a bit on on Facebook about the consecration of Russia, and a lot of people have been asking about that. Could you could you go into a bit of detail about your your findings, and then if you're considering uh, consecrating Russia? Well, actually, uh, I consecrated Russia the first time on the afternoon of my election, and I had a more formal one on August twenty second.
And then on the day I was consecrated bishop, I had one bishop present, so we consecrated Russia the next day. So I've actually already looked into the matter. I am considering uh, what can be done at this juncture, since I do now have a diocesan bishop with me. And we might proceed with that. So I'm doing the research on that. But we got to consider Fatima is somewhat misunderstood. And I'm working on Barry was appearing at Fatima. The communist revolution, the October revolution hadn't occurred yet. It's actually in November because they were on the Julian calendar. But like October on the Julian, November on uh, our Gregorian calendar. And so what are the errors of Russia? Well, everyone immediately says communism. Well, I think that's part of it. But the errors of Russia stem from the Orthodox, beginning with schism, which is spread. And you, okay, you have Fatima, uh, a couple other things, the request for the first Saturdays and the uh, request for the consecration of Russia in the late 20s. And we were kind of given an option. If Russia is consecrated, there will be a period of peace. If not, there will be the Second World War. Well, we chose the path of the Second World War. Uh, Cardinal Taviani asked uh, Sister Lucy in 55, uh, uh, why should the uh, secret... I'm thinking that the conversion of Russia will be possibly after the time of Antichrist. Because I think somewhere Mary said the consecration will come, but it will be late. Mm. Okay, so, hmm. so what what do you mean by uh, by the consecration not coming, but also uh, talking about you having consecrated already? What what is well? Basically, it calls for the consecration and union with all the bishops of the world. But I think there was a time frame it should have happened in. Mm-hmm. And it didn't occur in that time frame, which is why whatever is in the third secret, which I don't think we'll ever see, was clear in 1960. In fact, I think it was clear in the beginning of 1959 when Sister Lucy asked to go on the radio and talk. Well, silenced her. Okay. So Matthew Taylor, he's asking about the the papal tiara. So do you, would you, if you could use a papal tiara and do you hope that your successors receive a coronation? I don't know. I think it was Pope Pius VII had to have a homemade one for his coronation, which I had for my own. <laughs> okay. So, so do you plan on appointing cardinals? Uh, not at the moment. I do have an election plan in place, so. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So is there, is there like a, a canon law that you guys follow with, uh, sure, that's with, with the different, um, uh, organization, organizational structure that you had? Um, yeah. Be with be the clergy of the church would gather to elect a Pope. Okay. So, 
what is what is your reading of extra ecclesium nullus so how would you that interpret that uh, basically outside the catholic church there is no salvation i mean that's uh catholic doctrine mm-hmm. however the um those who go against baptism of blood and desire which is in our basic catechism uh, are going overboard because God is not going to hold someone responsible of something they cannot know. In other words, they have never had the opportunity to know that they need to be in the Catholic church and that they desire to serve God. So that desires had one the other day, the 40 martyrs, uh, there were 40 uh, freezing on a lake and then they had a nice hot bathtub there. And this guard was watching them as they're praying and singing all through the night, freezing to death. Finally, one of them just couldn't stand anymore, jumped in the hot tub. When the uh, soldier had been watching all night, says, this is wrong. He goes out and joins them. Now, they didn't baptize him. Yeah. Because the water underneath him was frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh let me let me think i had a oh yeah uh what, what would you think about the arguments um that are given about implicit membership that people can be uh explicitly outside of the church but implicitly a member of the church okay i think i caught that when you keep freezing up on occasion uh yeah, there's a lot of discussion exactly how this works in theology. Uh, but Pius Knight weighed in on it and said, they've got to be following the natural law, which is basically outlined in the commandments. The only one, keep holy the Sabbath day, actually adds a divine law to it. But honoring God, you know, thou shalt not steal, kill, all this stuff, they need to be following the natural law. Okay, so let me see. So in this time of confusion, would Pope Michael be willing to grant jurisdiction to all valid priests so that we may all have valid confessions? Hmm. That, well, you shouldn't be going to those priests, but if you have no other priest available, I have come to the conclusion that in case of necessity, you can go to the tradition. Okay. So one Pope uh, granted similar. So what are the fasting requirements to follow for Lent? Should we do a back fast? for Good Friday. So what what uh, fasting rules does does your church follow? Uh, we follow the fasting rules in place in 1958, uh, which is, well, we're in Lent. If you're a fasting age between 29 and, or 21 and 29, one main meal with meat, of course, no meat on Fridays, and as Wednesday, no meat. Two smaller meals, which added together, uh, 
sufficient to maintain strength do not equal a second large meal. And that's the basic fasting regulations. Some might, out of devotion, do a black fast on Good Friday. It might be a good idea. Strengthen them because people are weak today. (laughs) Okay, so AJ, he asks, uh, do you support the current state of Israel? Oh, do I support the current state of Israel? Uh, I think that's a big problem that needs to be repaired. Because I'm in there and just set up the state of Israel as it is. What about the poor Palestinians? Should have been a, a better way to handle the situation. Okay, so Bonaventure, he oh, you have the Seferic Doctor watching. <laughs> so he asks, does Pope Michael think that any groups of said vacantists are better than others in their claims of their structure? Say, for example, his views on SSPV versus the CMRI. Well, SSPV is not really openly say to vacantist. Now, I know... Father Jenkins with the SSPV was at Armada. I'm not sure whether he was fully sated vacantist or just going along with things. But they don't they're not openly sated vacantist. I think a lot of them are, but they don't talk about it. As for the CMRI, uh, they have more of a structure than any other group, but I really haven't looked into that. Much I do know people who've gone to both SSPV. Well, I know. Well, I know everybody in the SSPV that started it. When I read the letter of the nine that came out, like I knew everyone. I was either in seminary with them, or knew them as priests. Uh, as for the CMRI, I know a couple people who go there, but that's about it. And I really haven't compared their structures because their structures are basically wrong. Yeah. So what mass does Pope Michael celebrate the 16th, the 1962 missile or the 1910 or one or an even older one? Yeah, uh, basically, yeah, it would probably be it's uh, what is it, Divino or Fatu. That's the calendar I use. I, I wouldn't use the 62 missile for two reasons. First, the insertion of St. Joseph into the canon by an antipope. And second, the principles upon which the uh, calendar change were made in 1960 are modernist. Now, it doesn't appear in Rubicarum instructing the main decree, but in a supporting decree on revising local calendars. Uh, there's a lot of modernism in there, similar to what you find the decree on the liturgy. Okay. So... What does Pope? What does uh, the Pope think about so-called old Catholic churches, Orthodox, or other non-Vatican II churches? Can people participate in those churches in extreme circumstances? Again, in case of a need for confession, you could approach them if provided they are valid, uh, because there's some real loonies out there. If you start doing some research into it, 
in fact, the uh, old Roman Catholic Church, they have a bishop in Toronto, one in Chicago. Back in 57, at one of their synods, one of their bishops got up and said, we should return to the Catholic Church. The only thing that stopped is when John 23rd came in, it's like, no, we don't want to go over to what's coming in there now. <laughs> okay, so in a future Catholic nation, should divorce be outlawed, and should there be laws against using the Lord's name in vain? Hmm. Uh, divorce should be outlawed, and the uh, matter of Christian marriage should be placed in the hands of the church. As for making using the Lord's name in vain a crime, I really hadn't thought about that. Uh, I would say they should, a Catholic nation should definitely be against it. But according to both Augustine and Aquinas, it is not the duty of the state to stop every vice, mm. okay, just to protect the common good. So I would have to think that one out before I'd come down one side or the other. And as a as a extension of the missile question, what breviary do do you use? Yeah, uh, the uh, old Salter pre forty five. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, I use. Uh, I don't even know where it is right now. <laughs> I should know where it is. I use a a Benedictine one. Um, I like the the old monastic offices, even though they're ten times as long as everything else. It's a good it's a good Lenten penance. Yes. Um. So, do you have you ever uh, thought of celebrating other rites of other rites such as Byzantine and other Eastern Catholic rites then been brought up before? Um, I really haven't considered them. Uh, one of my priests does use uh, an Eastern rite at uh, our church over in Illinois uh, because that's what the uh, people there prefer. And so, yes, the other rites are certainly valid and legitimate and useful. I just happen to, I could probably get into one in English, but I don't think I could learn old Slavonic. <laughs> <laughs> so what what are your thoughts on the the death penalty? Um Pope Francis made a bit of a splash with his um that's that's not that's uh, under exaggerating that a lot saying it's a bit of a splash with his revision of the catechism on the death penalty. So what are what are your thoughts on the the death penalty itself and then the application of the death penalty in in modern societies? Yeah. The death penalty is there to protect the common good. And that's what it's for. But people don't realize we're not punishing the offender. We're protecting the innocent from an offender who like some, you know, like pedophiles say, you let me out, I'm going to go do it again. Well, that would be a case where you, you might impose the death penalty. However, how it is imposed in the modern world uh, needs to be re-evaluated so i'm for the death penalty in principle but it needs to be handled properly and i don't think especially when someone sits on death row for 10 years and they find out he's innocent well why did they convict him in the first place <laughs> mm -hmm. okay so here's a question is it reasonable to say that Roncalli, together with all the cardinals were heretics considering how Many of them were appointed by Pope Pius XII. Why would a true pope 
appoint so many heretics. Uh, I'm not saying that all the cardinals that went into the 58 conclave were heretics. Some possibly were. I don't think the information was getting back to Pope Pius XII. In other words, he's relying on the reports that are coming in and doesn't see some of the things that came out after his death, you know, heretical speeches and such. Okay, I think I saw up here, somebody's been asking me about this a lot. Oh, there it is. Um, what do you think about material formal thesis set of Acantism? I've never heard that phrase before. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Oh, I'm very familiar with it. I remember when it came out, and I, I hadn't sorted out everything because of the confusion in the very early 80s. When I hear about this, I said, well, I know one thing for sure. Either he is or he isn't. It's not this halfway thing. And material formal, it's also called Cassiacum from where the uh, article first appeared, uh, is not Sativacontism. Because they're holding that when Francis converts, just like the Society of St. Pius X does, he'll receive full authority. Unlike the Society, they hold Francis as Pope. Material formal says he's only materially Pope, but not formally Pope. And this is basically an insane theory. It's being used, well, we can't elect a Pope because we got someone in there. I don't think uh, Gerard de Laurier, who uh, wrote the Ottaviani intervention, taught at Econ up until he was booted in 77, wrote the original thesis uh, in, I think it's late 70s. I have found a copy online, so I have the English translation. But I don't think he would accept Francis as Pope. His argument for John Paul II is that there were still a few valid cardinals participate in the 78 elections. That's what I've heard. But I don't think he would have accepted uh, uh, Benedict or Francis. Okay, so is evolutionism a formal heresy? Hmm. It hasn't been condemned as a formal heresy that I know of but it contradicts the uh, first few chapters of Genesis. In fact, I'm writing on this very subject as we speak because the evidence doesn't support evolution, as they call it. The evidence supports a young earth and creation. There's been recently a bit of a stir. Do you, have you ever heard of Pines with Aquinas? No. It's a it's a, a YouTube channel that's pretty popular that talks about Thomism, and they had on Jimmy Aiken. I don't know if you're familiar with Jimmy Aiken. I just He's, know the name. Yeah, with he had on Jimmy Aiken and another uh, younger uh, Catholic apologist, and they debated uh, with each other evolutionism and uh, well, not really evolutionism, but young Earth versus old Earth, mm -hmm. and that that opened up a whole uh, can of worms and now everybody is is commenting on it and everybody's mad yeah. at each other. But I'm strictly on the anti-evolutionist side of things. I don't think it makes sense metaphysically. I, don't, I think we have statements from from previous popes who are who are talking about how uh, the the body proceeds directly from God and not made of any uh, obviously right. the dust of the earth, but not not made from other uh, beings and in such so i i uh i've i've been getting quite uh involved in this debate so that'll be interesting to see to see your your work when it comes out All right 
So what is uh, Pope Michael's stance on the validity of Anglican orders? Uh, Anglican orders are invalid. Pope Leo XIII settled that one. Okay, so um, I've I've recently been doing some thinking about this, and I wanted to hear your thoughts. So back in about two or three decades after um, Apostolic A Cure came out, you had you had uh, the old Catholics, the old right. Catholics who had split off after Vatican I. And they, in the early 20th century and throughout the 20th century, participated in consecrations of new Anglican bishops. So would that validate the orders of those Anglicans coming from those lines of succession with old Catholic bishops, or would it not? Uh, I think it would, because I think the uh, proposition was that for a century they used an invalid right. Okay, that invalidated. Then they did make a change back, which I believe would be valid. The only reason you got a whole century passed, you have to get a valid bishop in there. And I, yeah, I've read a, a lot about that. I even know some Anglican Catholics. <laughs> okay, so is it okay to attend a pre-1955 Holy Week service? Yeah. Uh, yeah, nineteen pre nineteen fifty five Holy Week is perfectly legitimate, although Pius XII was fully in his right to make the revisions, especially the change in the time for the services. That's what the bishops mainly petitioned for, because we did pre fifty five when I was in the Society Seminary at Armada in seventy eight, and no one came because it was a bad time for. Them. What time well, did they have it? Like six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Can you imagine someone trying to come up from Detroit at six o'clock in the morning? You know, good hour drive up there. So what is um so you you have you, you mentioned uh Pope Pius the twelfth and his his liturgical revisions. Why before um because you have throughout the history of the Roman Rite, you have popes revising uh, certain aspects of the rite. Why were those revisions okay, and then the revisions of Vatican II not okay? Well, the idea of having those revisions you had in '55 was, I think, they were simplifying the rights. What you have with the uh, post-Vatican II rights, as uh, Paul VI admits, we have changed the essential rights of the sacraments. So the document in Seracho Liturgica. Uh, I've got up on Scrib D, so you can look it up. And yeah, I have two translations, and they both say substantially the same thing. Well, Trent and Vatican II agree on this one point. You cannot change the essential parts of the sacraments. In other words, you can't go from, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, to I baptize you in the name of the Mother, the Daughter, and the Unholy Spirit or something. That's a substantial change. Of course, mm -hmm. baptism is quite clear in Scripture, which is why they didn't change that one. They did change confirmation, ordination, uh, changing extreme unction into anointing of the sick. And looking at these changes, some of them look to be invalid. And that's the problem. Okay, okay. I think that's all of the questions I see here okay. in the chat. 
So thank you for for coming on. Pope Michael had a had a good time, just yeah, like just like last it. time. Very much enjoyed it. So um, everybody out there, uh, thank you for for coming out and and watching this episode. Anything you would like to say, and then any anywhere that everybody could find you. Yes, uh, I'd like to thank you all for watching and go visit the website VaticanInExile.com. That's Vatican I N exile.com and you'll find more information there there's a contact page there if you want to ask any questions oh yeah and also i've noticed you've been posting on your twitter more recently hmm well there must be someone on the staff <laughs> well i noticed so well either either way if uh vatican and exile if you if you follow him on on twitter mm-hmm. then uh you'll you'll get you'll get a few reflections here right. and there. I've, I've very much enjoyed them. So you thank you for it. being on today. And I will, me. I will talk to you all later. And it is Lent, so do penance for the kingdom of God is at hand. Glory.